When someone asks you about your daily personal devotional time, what's your reaction? Do you feel uncomfortable, perhaps cringe with guilt because it's not what you aspire to? Or does your face just bloom into a spontaneous smile because your devotional experience is a source of so much pleasure, meaning and joy? If you'd like to discover how you can genuinely have that smile, join us on Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is the discipline of daily devotional time. Our guest, Randy Roberts from Loma Linda University Church. You're watching Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Randy, Christians, disciples, they just don't grow without a daily devotional. It's true. It's absolutely true, Anthony. So what, what is a devotional time? What, what, does, what comes to mind? What do you do? Well, when I think of devotional, I think of some time or some experience that is devoted to some specific point. In terms of a disciple's devotional time, the point is to devote time to the connection that one has with Jesus to nurture that, to fuel it, to experience what the Spirit has in mind for us. And it is that communication, that time of exchange with Scripture and with prayer that truly fuels a disciple's journey. Yeah. So you're, you're talking here, the first word I really picked up on mm -hmm. was Scripture. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's core, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. John Gottman, a marriage researcher up in the Northwest, said that after decades of researching marriage, one of the simple realities they've concluded is that in order to grow, every couple needs about an hour a day in conversation. If they don't have that, they simply don't grow. Well, the same thing is true in our spiritual journey. If we don't have a time in which we are communing with God, we don't grow. God's primary, not only, but primary way of communing with us is through Scripture, through His Word. So I think our devotional time has to include Scripture. So how do you read scripture? If you're spending an hour with it a, a day, what do you do in that hour with, with scripture? Well, for me personally, Anthony, there are two different ways I approach scripture. One is just for reading purposes. And in the reading, I'm trying to just get the sweep of scripture, the story, the narrative, God's interaction with human beings. I'm not there trying to do detailed study. I'm just trying to read and, and allow the Spirit to do what the Spirit might do in that case in my own life. The second way I approach it is for detailed study, to sit down, to take a book, to take a passage, to take the story of an individual in Scripture, and then try to delve into it, mine out of it, that which might lie more deeply beneath the surface. So in my devotional time, I will do both, but I focus probably more on the reading of Scripture. Mm. And... It's, it's reading. Do you ever listen to it or do you vary it in any way? I do. I have over the years listened as well. At this point in my life, it's much more a reading of it than it is a listening to. But really, so much of Scripture came about in an era and a time when people couldn't read. And so they listened. They listened to it read to them. Faith comes by hearing yeah. and hearing 
by the Word of God. And so they, it was a very oral culture. So I think listening to it is a wonderful way to do it as well. Mm. And do you have a favorite translation or do you, do you move around or what? what I move around. I've read many different uh, translations read through the Bible, but probably my favorite one just for reading. I'm not talking now about careful study, exegesis. Just for reading is probably the New Living Translation. It flows very nicely. It's very readable, and I've appreciated being able to read that numerous times over the years. Yeah, that that is it, and it's there's a warmth to it as there well, is. and it just that the text does flow, it, uh, just for the purpose of a devotional time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, you, you mentioned the hour before, the hour mm -hmm. for a good marriage, mm -hmm. an hour with a devotional time. Mm -hmm. Break that down for me. What, how would you spend that hour? Right. You know, I think of Ellen White's well-known statement in Desire of Ages that it would be well for us to spend a thoughtful hour in contemplation of the life of Christ on a daily basis. I don't know that there's something magical about an hour, but if we think in human terms we have to have at least that much in order to grow, then in divine terms maybe there's something to that. So for me, a fair part of that is spent in prayer and then another half or more may be spent in reading of Scripture. Uh, it's that kind of breathing in and breathing out. You take in and you give out. It's that exchange in our relationship with God, just as we would have an exchange in a relationship with you, like you and I are doing right here. Yeah. There needs to be time for that as well. The temptation, I think, is to read 59 minutes and then a quick prayer with our hand on the doorknob as we're headed out, and there's no time to really slow down and maybe allow the Spirit to impress us, to guide us, to change us over what we've read. Yeah. And this, for me, multitasking, just, <laughs> this, this is not something to, to multitask. Oh, it's a multitasking world, Anthony, and I wish, I wish I could do multitasking or do it better. They tell us we can't, and I agree with you. When it comes to this, there has to be a focus. I mean, just ask yourself the question, Anthony, if, if you're having conversation with your wife and you're, you're watching the ball game over here and you keep telling her, no, 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 I'm listening, I'm listening. <laughs> Doesn't go over so well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, the focus of it, it is a devotional time Correct. where, where you are devoted to it. And Absolutely. That's it. That's right. the, the essence of devotion is. Right. Yeah. Now, people do it at different times. I will tell you that I have a strong preference for the early morning hours. I know people who say, well, I do it at the end of the day. And hey, God is available 24-7, so I, there's not a question there. Yeah. It's just where we are most present. Because I would say that by, if I saved mine for the end of the day, uh, there would be many times I'd be asleep. And it wouldn't have the same kind of effect that it does in the early morning hours. Let me ask you a confronting question. Mm -hmm. This is personal and it's mm -hmm. tough. The growth that you've experienced as a result of, you know, your devotional time. Mm -hmm. Walk me through that. How, how, did the, how have you changed? How has God changed you mm -hmm. by spending that hour with him each day? Right. It's very tempting, to be honest with you, to become either discouraged or proud mm -hmm. if I get too introspective, do too much navel-gazing. Yeah. But what I do notice, to the grace of God, 
is I do notice changes in my own life when I start thinking about the longer term. Uh, so I hope that those around whom I live, my wife, my kids, the staff with whom I work, etc., would say, well, over the years, maybe Randy's grown a bit more patient or a bit more willing to listen, a bit more willing to say, my idea doesn't have to win the day. I would hope that those are the kinds of ways in which the Spirit is working. And I think what happens, at least in my own case, is that those daily prayers that often grow out of what Scripture has said uh, become a way of opening my life in specific areas to God. For example, I'll pray, Lord, please help me to be a more patient and gracious person today. I have this meeting with this individual or this committee that is happening, and that's not... I wouldn't put that at the top of the list if I had my choice of what I was going to do today. But there it is. Please help me to enter into that experience, enter into that time together with the same attitude that I've just been reading about in Scripture. And I think that when we get specific, that's where God helps us grow. And many times that grows out of the text that we're reading, mm -hmm. what we're hearing God say through Scripture, what He said at one time way back then. Because as John Stott said so well, it's through what He spoke that He still speaks. And so in that sense, through what He's spoken into that world in that situation, He still speaks into my world and my situation, urging me to grow, urging me to turn things over to Him more deeply and more fully, seeking to change and transform my own life. And I might just add one other quick item. There are so many times at the end of the day when I will come and, and have to confess and have to repent and say, I know I blew it there. I know this is something that was not in harmony with your will and desire. So I give that to you and just pray that your spirit would work on me again tomorrow. Exactly, exactly. Thanks for your honesty and thanks for your sharing. <laughs> what I'd love to come to, we're going to go to a break now, but what I want to come back to is how does grace interact with mm. the discipline mm -hmm. of a devotional time? We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is the discipline of daily devotional time and our guest, Randy Roberts from Loma Linda University Church. Now, Randy, when we think of discipline, that doesn't quite fit normally in the same sentence as grace. <laughs> and grace is so significant in Christianity. Right. How, how do we marry these two concepts together in, in a disciplined devotional experience? Well, I'll tell you what has come to make sense for me, and this comes from people with far brighter minds than I, but just reading and spending time with them. On the one hand, discipline is something that requires effort. If you think of discipline in any field, any field of endeavor, medicine, science, uh, I suppose even auto mechanics or whatever the case might be, discipline is that effort you bring to the task, that commitment you bring that requires that you do things that you might not otherwise choose to do. I think of, of a football coach, American football named Tom Landry, who had coached men in the National Football League for many years, was asked one time to define what it meant to be a coach. And he said, coaching is the art of getting men to do what they don't want to do so that they can become what they want to be. And I thought that was profound 
That's discipline. It's being willing to do the things I might not otherwise choose to do in order to accomplish some greater purpose or some greater end. So that's discipline. It's required in anything in life that is worth doing is worth doing well. Discipline, by just, the way, and disciple are kind of related there. Can I just interrupt there? Mm -hmm. Is there some sort of resistance at times to actually sitting down and having a devotional time in the morning? Oh, absolutely, Anthony. I mean, think of this morning. Here where you and I are taping, it's 16 degrees in the sunshine. So this morning early. That's Fahrenheit. That's, <laughs> that's Fahrenheit. Yes, yeah, that's, that's right. It's a long way Good below zero in, in Absolutely. Yeah. So on a morning like this, oh my goodness, what you want to do is huddle down in those covers and cover up. You don't want to get up. You don't want to do, you want to just stay in bed and be warm and, and it's very inviting. Discipline says, even in that context, there's something more important. I get up, I pray, I spend time with Jesus, I grow in Him. So absolutely, I think, I think that at times there are hindrances to that. In fact, I find one of the greatest hindrances, and I've had to make this a matter of serious commitment, is first thing in the morning to pick up our phone, our iPad, our tablet, and start looking at the email, looking at the news, and suddenly 20, 30, 40 minutes have gone by and one hasn't even prayed yet. Yeah. And so I've made it a commitment to say I will not do that in the early mornings. That even is a danger of reading the Bible on a tablet. It's so easy to, to then just check the email or check something else and that becomes a rabbit trail which one goes down that at that point probably isn't productive. So that's a discipline. It requires effort, requires energy. Then on the other hand, we come to passage after passage in Scripture that says salvation is a free gift from God. It is a gift of His grace, one that we can never earn or deserve. So we think, well, how do I reconcile these two realities? I'll tell you what was really helpful to me was one statement by a writer named Alice Willard <clears throat> who simply said, grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to merit. Wow. So grace is not opposed to the fact, <clears throat> pardon me, that I will have to expend energy and effort and make choices and engage in actions that I, in my indolent self, may not choose to engage in. Grace is not opposed to that. But none of that earns us anything. Grace is opposed to merit to that act of saying to God, well, look, I got up. It was freezing cold this morning. I still got out of bed. I still said my prayers. I still read the Bible. So you have to bless me today. You have to do something for me today. That, that's not grace. But there is still effort required. Sometimes I think we get this concept of, of grace says it's to heaven in an easy chair. You don't have to do anything. Well, you read Scripture and you come upon the reality that people did many things that God called them to do. It wasn't to heaven in an easy chair, but there was never a sense of earning this, of deserving it. This is my merit. That's not the case. Grace rules that out. By grace we are saved through faith. That is not of yourselves, Paul told the Ephesians. It's the gift of God. Not of works, so you can't boast about it. That's grace. But still, to grow requires some action on our part. Yeah. Let me walk through just some of the, the hurdles mm -hmm. that we as pastors encounter. Right. Um, evenings are prime time. 
is often a lot of meetings. There's a lot of call on our evening time. Right. And we find ourselves getting into bed later than what we'd often choose. Right. And yet there's that pressure mm -hmm. because the, the day will start in the morning whether we're awakened exactly. or not and whether we've had our devotional time or not. Mm -hmm. how, how do you manage that pressure mm -hmm. of the evening expectations as well as the... And you mentioned before that your preference is for that <clears throat> morning devotional time. Right. And I think most of us have that instilled in us as well. Mm -hmm. How do you manage that? Wow, Anthony, what you've just said is so real. It's real to life. It's real to a pastor's life. I think one of the ways you manage it is to realize that your day begins the night before. Mm -hmm. It begins the night before in terms of what you, I mean, if you can control it when you go to bed, sometimes that's a bit out of your control. If you can control it when you go to bed, what you plan for the next morning, setting your time in a, in a way that allows for devotional time. I many times will back count. We'll say, okay, I need to be here at 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock or 9 o'clock, whatever the case is, and I need this much time for this, for breakfast, for getting ready, for, and kind of back count and say, then here's the time by which I need to be up. Mm -hmm. And so, so starting beforehand and creating space for that time I think is really important. And then truly just making a commitment to do it. There was a guy when I was in college who was a high school student who followed us around in the weight gym. He was just a, you know, the 90-pound weakling, as they often say. We didn't pay much attention to him. I ran into him some years later, and he was this muscle-bound hulk, and I, I couldn't stop looking at him. I said, what <laughs> happened to you? What he answered me has become a guiding point to me in many things, including devotional time. He said, I lifted weights when I felt like it. I lifted weights when I didn't feel like it. I lifted weights on good days. I lifted weights on bad days. I lifted weights in good weather and in bad weather on vacation. And when I was working, I just did it every day. And I thought, wow, if we are that consistent with something physically and we see that kind of change, what if we make that kind of choice spiritually? This is just a part of my day. It's a part of my life. I reserve this space and this time for God. Whatever else is happening, mm. consistency makes a difference. We've got to go to another break. Mm. When we come back, I want to talk about the, the blessing of that discipline. Mm. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is the discipline of daily devotional time and our guest, Randy Roberts. Now, Randy, there is a blessing that comes from consistency, isn't there? Yes, there is. Absolutely. I think the first blessing that comes, at least in my experience, is a deepened relationship with God. You know that feeling you get, maybe it's with your wife, maybe it's with your daughters or your kids, when you just feel like we're on the same page we're connected, we've talked things through, we know what we're doing. It's that experience with God of knowing there aren't things that are unsaid between us, there aren't issues I need to work out. We, st we keep our issues current. Uh, so I think that deepening 
deepened relationship with him is one of the key blessings. So there's a depth and a momentum in that, isn't there? Yes, it, there is. And absolutely. It's, it's a, a, a bigger momentum than just a single day. Like, absolutely. And it, it flows to be a, a, a life experience. Yes. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. No, I, I just had a conversation yesterday with two dear colleagues and friends of mine, two pastors named Dwight Nelson and Carl Hafner. And Dwight was sharing about this word that has been meaningful in his life at this point, synchronicity, synchronicity. And the desire is to just stay attuned to God, stay connected with God in our relationship. And then having those experiences where suddenly we're aware, we're seeing something we might have otherwise missed and realize that there is a synchronicity in our relationship with God and in the way he guides us through his spirit. And keeping our conversation, our communion current gives us a deeper sense of that experience. God is still at work. God is still there. But if I'm attuned to him, I see much more of it. I experience much more of it than I otherwise would. Mm. Let me say just one additional thing here, Anthony. In talking to pastors, there is sometimes on our part the sense, well, I'm studying for my sermon. I'm doing all kinds of preparation during the week for what I'm preaching this weekend. That will be my devotional time. I wrestled with that. I struggled with that for quite a number of years. I don't have anything to say about where someone else lands. God leads each of us individually. I can tell you where I have landed. I have landed on the reality that for me, that's two different realities. That I have to, first of all, have that time that is my communion with God. It's our walk, our journey together. And then secondly, I'm doing this. This is what I'm called to do. Yes, I'm paid to do it. And it does, it has to feed my soul first if it's going to feed the souls of others. But that's a different reality than the personal time I have with God. Mm. And so then when I come to the study of Scripture, I come from a sense that God and I in my own personal realities, we've talked that through. More will arise from this text for me, but we've already dealt with that in my own personal devotional life. Yeah. Now, the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. as you're studying as you're devoting this time and experiencing a devotional right you're communing with the holy spirit absolutely unpack that for us well in recent times probably in the last i would say year or so it has become increasingly important for me to pray daily for the baptism of the spirit that the spirit would come into my heart and life anew and afresh would move in powerful and significant ways in whatever way the spirit wants to move I take it as an assumption that he's at work. Now let me join you in wherever you're working already. And so just asking for the Holy Spirit who inspired these words, who continues to speak today, to be active in this engagement with God. Key part of what happens. And the key part is making ourselves available for right. that opportunity. Absolutely. And like in, in so many respects, to miss that... It's a lost day. Yes. We, we can't have that day back again. It's true. That we it's missed very true. with that experience. It's very true. When I was a college student, I remember a father saying to his son, we were at a junior camp for the summer, and, and the dad who ran the junior camp, his son said, Dad, I missed my devotions this morning, but I'll do twice tomorrow morning. And his dad said, Son, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't make up for yesterday. Today is a gift. 
And if we take advantage of the opportunities we have, of the Spirit's presence in our life, there will be a robustness and a richness available to us today that may not otherwise have been available. Yeah. We can't do it for yesterday and we can't do it for tomorrow. And you know, we can't do it in any other aspect of life. We can't eat that way. Well, if I, <laughs> well, we try, so if I don't <laughs> eat this week, then I'll, exactly. you know, no, next week. Yeah. yeah, with our, our fitness and, you know, exercise, we, we, we can't leave it. It's, it's got to be incremental. It's got to be a consistent thing. Exactly. Yeah. Pastor, yeah. I know, said we move through time in a vehicle called now. And it is in that now that we have the ability to do the things you've just talked about. Yeah. Part of which is our commitment to and our devotion to Jesus and our journey with him on a daily basis. Yeah. Randy, I want to thank you. Thank you so much for walking us through this. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your transparency. Thank you for being a wonderful guest on Ministry in Motion. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on today's program. There are seven major points that we discovered today, and let's go through those. First of all, devoting personal time with Jesus fuels the life of the disciple. Our second point was approach scripture as a reader allowing the Spirit to speak into your life. Our third point was intentionally set aside quiet, undistracted time during your best hours of the day, and that's usually in the early morning. Our fourth point was getting to bed earlier the previous evening will increase the quality of your morning devotions. Our fifth point was ask God to help you to be disciplined in guarding your devotional time from unnecessary distractions. Our sixth point was, the Word of God that created the world still speaks and transforms us as we receive the Word into our lives. And our final point was, consistency in devotions will give you a deeper experience with God. Thank you once again for joining us on Ministry in Motion. Thanks for joining us on the Hope Channel. You're very welcome to join us on our website, which is ministryinmotion.tv. There you can view all of the programs we've ever made. But until next time, may God bless you richly.